Welcome to the Business and Personal Development Podcast with Chris Haroon, where you'll find tips on how to take your career to the next level. Next level. Welcome to our 184th Weekly Office Hours webcast. Now, before taking your questions, I want to talk about three simple tips on how to sell more and how you can bond much better with people that you're interviewing with so you can get the job or the customers of your dreams. Now, we know that in business, relationships are always more important than product knowledge and that your network is your net worth. So tip number one of three is to smile and talk business later, which will help you establish an amazing first impression. And you never get a second chance to make a first impression. I got that from a cheesy 1980s head and shoulders commercial, I think, yeah, okay. But remember that the person that you once met, remember that time you once met somebody and you were in a very serious mood when you met instead of being a social mood, instead of getting to know them first. And that first meeting that you had with them actually set the tone for the entire business relationship or lack thereof with that person. And so a rookie mistake in business is to start talking immediately about business right away. You never want to do that. Don't jump into discussing a business topic right away. Because if you do that, then you're going to lose that priceless chance of bonding with them in order to perfect your first impression. Just remember to smile as well. Just be yourself. Remember what Mother Teresa once said. She said, let us all meet each other with a smile, for the smile is the beginning of love. And I remember years ago, I couldn't get a job. I kept interviewing. I prepared more than anybody, and I couldn't get a job. And Eventually, I went to an interview. I was just kind of fed up. And so I kind of sat back and said, I don't care if I get this job. I said to myself. And I was just myself. And we talked about the weather. We talked about sports. Talked about other stuff. Um, and I ended up getting the job. And that happened multiple times as well. So just be yourself. I promise you it's easier that way. So in your first meeting, what do you talk about? Well, what you can do is you can go to the Twitter profile of the person you're about to meet with and see who they follow. You know, if they follow baseball, or any sport for that matter, then find a way to talk about baseball or the sport that they're interested in. If I meet somebody from Baltimore, I'll talk about the Baltimore Orioles and my admiration for Cal Ripken Jr., who played there for years. So I love baseball, and sports is great boardroom talk. Now, if they follow comedians or entertainers or whatever, Bring that up in a natural and non-obvious way uh, in the meeting as well. So what you want to do is you want to talk about something that you're very passionate about, that they're also passionate about. And you can find out what their passions are by seeing not only who they follow on Twitter, but maybe who they follow on Insta as well. And you can even go to their LinkedIn profile and see if you have any connections in common with them, or you can check out who they follow on LinkedIn or what groups uh, they're in on LinkedIn as well. And I promise you that you will find something in common with them so you can break the ice. Now, if you cannot do this, if you can't find anything about this person you're about to meet with, then what you need to do, please, is read the top news uh, websites the day of the meeting, okay, that are relevant to the person that you're gonna be meeting with. And you can familiarize yourself with current events uh, and talk about that during your first meeting with them. And and if it's a Friday, a Friday afternoon, you're meeting them, you can even say, after you talk to them for a second or two, do you have any weekend plans? 
Or if it's a Monday, you start with, how was your weekend? And your best customers can actually become great friends with you. So get to know them really well before conducting business. You know, ask them where they're from. You know, what do they love in life? And just create that incredible personal bond with them. And that first impression is crucial. And don't talk about business until you get to know your customers or business partners, that is. And so we know that relationships are always more important than product knowledge. And once you understand who your customers are and what their needs are, then you can tailor your product or service to fit the needs and help them with their goals. And there's this guy named Mike Puglia who once said, establishing trust is better than any sales technique. Tip number two of three, you wanna help your customer because we can't realize our dreams in life unless we help others accomplish theirs first. Help your customer achieve their goals. And you can do this by realizing that three things usually motivate people in business. Number one, they wanna make more money. Number two, they wanna get promoted. And number three, or three, sorry, my, my son used to say three, there he is there. This here is the green screen, that's why I can't see his shirt properly. Number three, they wanna enjoy what they do. So they wanna make more money, they wanna get promoted, they wanna enjoy what they do. So how can you help them make more money? Or how can you help them advance in their careers? Well, in my MBA degree program, I actually provide my students with so many templates that they can bring to any meeting they want to. Okay, and I'm gonna share a couple of these templates with you right now. So you can bring these to meetings with, uh, if you're meeting with a potential customer or somebody that might hire you. So in order to download and complete the templates, I'm gonna show you in a second, uh, what you can do is you can go to this website with me right now and there's instructional videos there you can click as well. So let's go together to um, harunmba.com slash tip two, that's all lowercase. So let's go here to harunmba.com slash tip two. There we go. Okay, great. And what you can do is you can watch uh, these videos here to tell you how to customize these templates, which are in PDF format and PowerPoint format. Again, you bring these to the meeting with you. Uh, so if it's an investment job uh, or an investment client that you're meeting with, what you can do is you can complete this template here and give it to them uh, during the meeting. And so in this template, I talk about the investment idea, a qualitative analysis, and also a quantitative analysis and evaluation target price. When you download this in PDF format or PowerPoint, you can customize this and then print it out. Or better yet, save it as a PDF, and then after the meeting is done, send them a thank you message. Uh, and then you know you say, thanks a lot for, your meeting, for the meeting. I really enjoyed our conversation. Uh, per our conversation about stock, ticker X, uh, whatever it is, uh, please find attached to this, this template. Thanks a lot, your future boss. Thanks a lot, Chris. That was awful dead humor. Okay. So another example here of a template that you can actually bring uh, if you want to is this one here. Okay. If it's a business development meeting, you can complete this template on a great idea you have and give it to them during the meeting as well. You keep all these things in your briefcase. Okay. And you pull them out like, like secret weapons or tools or keys to get in the job. Okay. So this here outlines the entire business development idea. And you gotta always prove that you can do the job before you get the job. Okay, number three, if you're meeting with a salesperson, okay, then what you can do is before that meeting, 
what you can do is you can network and meet with potential customers of theirs and you can document it here their name maybe their phone number etc if you get to know them that sort of thing and then during the meeting with the customer that works in sales you can give them this one pager with the names of people that you networked with over linkedin that might become customers of the salesperson you're meeting with now if that sounds like a lot of work then you have to ask yourself how badly do you want this customer or this job okay now if it's somebody that works maybe in i don't know operations or human resources then what you can do is you can use this template here and there's plenty more where you can talk about a new product that they can use that you've beta tested for example it's just dummy data here um, and then um, give them this template as well. And you can't see this, but in the very bottom here, there's contact details where you write your name, your phone number, et cetera, always. Okay. So what you can do is, if you're curious about the MBA program, you can go to harunmba.com, okay? Um, and just check out my program. In my program, I provide my students with all the templates uh, and tools that you need in order to work smarter and not harder when taking your, your career to the next level, okay? Um, and I'm proud to announce actually that uh, in the past uh, couple of months, um, my many of my MBA students have gotten jobs that are amazing, including one that just got a job in investment banking working at Goldman Sachs, another one just got a full-time job at Google, and one that got a job for the Boston Consulting Group. And many of my students have gotten raises and promotions using the methodologies taught uh, in my MBA program in addition to what I'm talking about today. So we start our fourth uh, one-year MBA program on June the 1st. Uh, and anybody that signs up for the gold or platinum program, okay, anybody that signs up for the gold or platinum program that starts June 1st will be able to attend all my future gold programs for free forever. It's a great deal. Uh, and so uh, I launched the MBA now four times per year. And each of the four programs contains more than 200 hours of live Q&A, meaning the gold and platinum programs uh, that I launch. And this is the very last time that students uh, that join the program uh, on June 1st, this is the last time that students that join the program in gold or platinum can get access to all my gold classes and all my, uh, uh, all my future gold classes and office hours for free forever. Now, each session has 200 hours of live Q&A. And I teach, each, uh, I teach four different MBA classes per year on different days of the week. So four times 200 is 800 hours of live Q&A per year forever for free. Okay, you also get all future updates to my MBA program for free forever, including the programming course I'm adding later this year, uh, as well as a, a monster course I'm working on now on NFTs, as well as the metaverse. Again, you have to sign up uh, for, by June 1st uh, to get this offer. We only have a couple positions left. So to learn more about this, just please go to um, uh, harunmba.com. And what you can do is if you want to, you can set up a Zoom call with me to talk about it in more details. All right. Sorry, it took me a while there. Let me get back to my slides. All right. There we go. Fun. So what you want to do is always when you go into a meeting, <clears throat> you want to have the philosophy of helping the interviewer or the potential customer that you're meeting with. Uh, you want to give and you'll receive. It's prophetic. And it's been true since the beginning of time. And give generously too with your heart when it comes to helping others. We're here to serve others. And every battle is won before it's been fought. <clears throat> Pardon me. A <clears throat> little teachable moment here. Hold on. My arm is okay. Don't worry. So 
whenever I lose my voice, which is rare, um, I, I use this product here. And you should use something like this too before interviews if your voice is kind of going away like mine is right now. Rock uh, and opera singers uh, use this product. It's called Throat 37. So hold on a second. <clears throat> all right, all better. Great. So again, every battle is won before it's been fought. So bring many of those exhibits, those templates I mentioned, uh, to meetings. And what you can do is you can leave them in your briefcase and pull them out of your briefcase if you need to show them your exhibits. And what you want to do, if you want, is you want to put your resume on one side of that uh, template and the exhibit on the other side. And I've done this many times in interviews. I've gotten hired because of this. And many of my students in my MBA program have as well. All right. And hold on one second. Bruce Lee. Oh, that's a great quote. Bruce Lee once said, I fear not the man who has practiced 10,000 kicks once, but I fear the man who has practiced one kick 10,000 times. Remember, every battle is won before it's been fought. Okay. Last tip here, and then I'll take your questions. So tip number three is over-prepare for meetings. If your competition only spends five hours preparing for a meeting, then spend 50 hours preparing. If your competition spends 10 hours preparing for a meeting, then spend 100 hours. And you have to also anticipate what questions the interviewer is gonna ask you before the interview. And so when I had my mini interviews at Goldman Sachs, I completely over-prepared. I wrote down over 100 questions that I thought they might ask me. Then what I did was I recorded myself answering the questions. And while uh, and then I listened to those recordings and I thought to myself, did my voice sound too boring and monotone? Did I sound too arrogant or confident? Did I sound nervous? No way. Were my answers short enough? Just remember that less is more. Uh, and um, make your answer, answers sound somewhat interesting, engaging, etc. And when you keep your answers quite short then uh, what happens is they can ask follow-ups. So you haven't given them, give them away everything you know about that little topic. I teach you plenty more tricks in my MBA program. And a friend of mine actually that, that teaches at Stanford Business School uh, was one of the early venture capital investors in Facebook. Uh, and of course I asked her why she was successful in winning the investment mandate as a venture capitalist in Facebook. And she told me that she over-prepared for the meeting with Mark Zuckerberg. And so what she did was she brought three different term sheets, meaning three contracts to the meeting. And each one of those term sheets or contracts had three different uh, dollar values on them. And so what she did was she kind of gauged uh, Zuckerberg's level of interest or criteria for the investment mandate. And she was able to pull out the term sheet, meaning the contract, with the terms that Zuckerberg was asking for. And her competition only brought one term sheet each. And as a result of over-preparing, uh, she won the investment mandate and she made a fortune. She's great. And Jill Rowley once said, before LinkedIn and other social networks, in the sales word world, ABC stood for always be closing. And now it stands for always be connecting. And in my MBA program, I teach my students many tips on how to network to get the job of your dreams. And as I mentioned, uh, in, in the past couple of months, students of mine in my MBA program have gotten jobs in investment banking at Goldman Sachs, at Google, and at the Boston Consulting Group. And if you sign up for my Platinum MBA program at HaroonMBA.com, I'll also personally write your entire LinkedIn profile with you so you can network and take your career to the next level.
Okay, let's move on now to uh, to Q and A. And I've set up this this pedal system down here. Give me a second. See if it works. I always like experimenting. Push the goalpost out. There we go. Okay. I think I've got it all set up here. Here, good. So I got a center pedal, a right pedal there. How you doing? And a lower one there, and then one here. So okay, great. So we're we're, we're good to go. All right. So let, let me actually kick it off with with this one here. And let me, let me go right to your questions. Thank you. All right, all right, all right. As Matthew McConaughey says. First up, I have got here. Question uh, from uh, uh, Michael. Michael, how are you? Michael is in my MBA program. He's a doctor from Arizona. Great to see you. He's a funny guy too. I always joke with him that I'm proud to serve on the board of Doctors Without Diplomas. Awful dad humor. Sorry, I'll stop now. So uh, Michael Nunez, MD, uh, said, uh, hi, Chris. Hey, man. Uh, are REITs, meaning real estate investment trusts, are REITs a good hedge against inflation? And what ETFs are REITs? Also, when are you finished with the real estate course uh, in the MBA curriculum? That's coming soon, I promise you. I am working on that. Yeah. Okay, so um, I don't think that REITs are a great hedge uh, against inflation um, because when when in interest rates go up a lot, uh, what happens uh, is... Um, it makes people want to buy fewer houses, fewer mortgages, uh, fewer corporate investments and corporate uh, headquarters, etc., which negatively impacts uh, real estate. Okay, so but don't be seduced with REITs uh, when it comes to high dividend yields. And for those you're not familiar with REITs, uh, REITs are a way to invest uh, in groups of real estate property by buying a ticker like a stock. And by law, in most countries, uh, if you buy a REIT, the person that issues it has to give out. 90% of the profit in the form of a dividend. And that's why a lot of REITs have very high dividend yields. Now, whenever you're doing investment research on a REIT or any stock, if you see the dividend yield is really high, like 20% or something, don't just buy the stock. Don't be seduced by a high yield. It might be high for a reason. Like they might have a, a lawsuit uh, out there that's disclosed in their annual report, meaning their 10K. Or they might have a lot of debt and they won't be able to make their debt covenant payments in the future. So just be careful of that, please. All right. Uh, and then you asked um, ETFs. Yeah. So the best place to do research on ETF, which are exchange traded funds, uh, is a great website called ETFDB. Okay. And that stands for uh, ETFdatabase.com. ETF, we know, are just collections of stocks or commodities, etc. Uh, within a, a database or within a, uh, within one ticker. So what you can do is you can do an ETF screener. You can look at ETFs by geography. Okay, so for example, if you wanted to invest in, um, I don't know, Brazil, uh, right here, I'll show you. Instead of going to buy uh, companies on the Bovespa in Brazil, you can buy this ticker here, the EWZ. Okay, now whenever you look at ETFs, you got to look at two things. Number one, you got to look at the fees. And number two, the volume, meaning is it trade a lot, okay? Because illiquid stocks own us in a down market, which is what's happening right now. I think we officially entered a bear market a couple of minutes ago as well. A bear market is defined as a 20% pullback uh, from the peak uh, in the market. So the fees here are 0.57%. And that means for every $100 you invest in this REIT here, this uh, Brazil uh, REIT, uh, for every $100 you invest, uh, you pay 57 cents per year. Uh, in fees, which is not that bad. You want it to be well under um, 1%, of course. So what you can do is you can click here to see what the components are of this. And a lot of people like to actually use uh, Yahoo Finance. So let me go there with you. Okay. 
So we'll type in the ticker at the top uh, of, uh, of that, of EWZ, once this loads. Here we go. Whew. It's fun doing these things live, eh? Okay, EWZ. And so you look here at the volume next. And so it trades 29 million shares per day times 32 bucks, which means you can get in or out if need be within an hour, less than an hour. Then you can go here to the holdings. Now, since this is a Brazilian REIT, uh, and Brazil, like, like Canada and Australia, is a very natural resource-rich economy, um, we could see here the breadth and depth uh, of this REIT, okay? So, of this uh, ETF. So, base materials is huge, so is energy and industrials, and the largest components include a copper company, as well as Petrobras, which is a petroleum Brazil oil company. Okay. Now, when it comes to ETFs for REITs, you should be able to write ETF REIT. Here, here, ETF rates. <laughs> okay. And you can do more research here uh, and we'll find a single ticker here and I'll show you. Here's one here, the Alps Active REIT ETF and it's listed on the NASDAQ, the ticker is REIT, okay? So let me actually go back to Yahoo Finance and show you this this one here, okay? REIT is, is the ticker, okay. R-E-I-T, okay, in Yahoo Finance. Here we go, good. All right, so the first thing we look at uh, here, uh, Michael, is we look at uh, the fees, okay? And you can find the fees for this REIT, and I'll show you the components in a second. You can find the fees by going to profile right here, okay? And we can see here that the annual fee or expense ratio is 68 cents. That's kind of high. That means for every 100 bucks you invest in this REIT, you'll pay 68 cents per year uh, in, in fees. A little high, but it's manageable. For this one here, what I don't like is the average volume on this, okay? 6,000 shares times $27. That's not that high. It's manageable enough for most of us to be able to get in and out within a day, but I'd like to see it much higher than that. The last thing you can look at uh, is uh, right right here, um, the holdings, okay? You can see what are in this REIT, okay? And again, purchasing this is like buying a stock. It's just a ticker. All right, so we've got all these companies here, including Equinex, which is a data center company. Uh, I visited their headquarters out here at the Bay Area before. Okay, so you want to do a lot more research on these uh, before investing. You want to look at the fees, like I mentioned. You also want to look at uh, the breadth and depth of what the holdings are. Um, and, and you also want to look um, at how liquid it is, meaning does it trade a lot or not? Because remember, illiquid stocks own you in a down market instead of vice versa. Okay, thank you. All right, let's go back to this, this angle here. Okay. But we do cover REITs uh, in the curriculum. Just go to the top of my web page there, uh, harunmba.com, do a search for REIT, and you'll see where it's covered in the curriculum and also other YouTube videos I've made on REITs over the years. I've answered more than 10,000 questions, which is all indexed. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, and I'll see you, Michael. I think at 10 a.m. We're, we're doing a Zoom call as well. Cool. Uh, next up, I've got uh, Mike. Hey, Mike, who wrote, uh, I recently started watching a documentary on George Soros, and they said he liked investing in art as a hedge against uh, hyperinflation. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and a lot of very wealthy people uh, on Wall Street in the finance industry, they love to invest in art as well. And I've worked in many offices for many billionaires where the art on the wall in my office even was, was, was more than my net worth. Yeah. Um, now, what, what happens, though, is it depends, like, if you're going to put art up in your office, be careful, because not just a theft thing, right? You can cover that with insurance. But what's happening now is people are, governments are starting to tax you based on the art you have in your office. They've started doing this in California recently, which, which is ridiculous, yeah. 
Okay, and I'll be talking a lot more about digital art uh, as well as NFTs in an upcoming NFT course uh, I'm making. Yeah, and you can always go to my website, harunmba.com, and do a search on NFT, and you'll see a 15-minute primer video uh, if you're interested. Thanks. Okay. All right. All right, next up, the Berlin, who's in my Platinum program. He's from San Bernardino, California. Great to see you. He's from the same place where Ken Griffey Jr. used to play baseball in the minor leagues. So the Berlin wrote, uh, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Hopefully everyone is having a fantastic week off. And then you wrote here, opportunity comes when you least expect it, which is from the Wizard of Oz. Let's get it. Let's go. I, I love it. I love it. Yeah. And as Babe Ruth said, you, you miss, uh, if, 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 you don't, if you don't strike out a lot, you'll never hit a home run. And I got to throw in a, a Wayne Gretzky quote because the Oilers are, they're, they're in the playoffs right now, eh? Okay. Wayne Gretzky, who's my hero growing up, um, he once said that he wasn't successful because he skated to where the puck is, but rather because he skated to where the puck is going to be. And so we all have to have the foresight as well uh, to uh, invest in companies that people are going to like. Okay, if you invest in the same stocks everybody already loves, there aren't that many incremental investors to push that stock higher. And so I think right now is a very good time to start doing research on your favorite stocks that are oversold. Okay, and I love buying what's called a broken stock, but not a broken company. And a broken stock is one that, that has a chart that looks like death. It feels like you're catching a falling knife. And as Warren Buffett said, you gotta be greedy. You gotta be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. Now is the time to roll up your sleeves and do investment research on your favorite companies. Yeah. All right, um, great to see you there, Berlin. Okay, next up, I, I've got Jenny. Hey, Jenny, how are you? Uh, Jenny wrote, hi, Chris. Uh, my mom just sold uh, her house after 25 years and she moved into a retirement community. Now that she's sitting on a nice nest egg, uh, do you recommend uh, any recommendations for how she can protect it? Thanks. Yeah. So it, it all depends on, on what your degree of risk is. And I'm going to share with you an, an old school way that private wealth, uh, private wealth managers used to think about diversification based on age. So if you're 90 years old, what people do is uh, the investment managers, they take the number 100 minus 90 and that equals 10. And that means that 10% of your portfolio should be in riskier investments. And the other 90% uh, should be in very low risk investments, like value investments, like stocks that Mr. Buffett buys uh, or some corporate bonds and government bonds have, that have um, high ratings. If you're 20 years old, 100 minus 20 is 80. That means that 80% of your investment portfolio can be in slightly higher risk investments, okay, growth investments, and 20% in lower risk stuff because you've got forever to make it back. The problem with that is this though, the 100 rule. Since the 1950s, the life expectancy has gone up by 26 years. So if, if your mother is, um, if she's uh, 65, she's actually 39. Tell her that, you'll, you'll make her day. I think also that a lot of people are going to live to be 150 years old. A lot of people on this call, actually, will make it to 150. And I've got a gazillion biohacks that I share with you in my MBA program uh, as well. Um, I, I monitor everything. Uh, and I'm a nerd as well, including my, my deep sleep. And I can talk about that in more detail if, if you guys care. All right. But what I recommend that your mom uh, look to invest in uh, also, if she's in the United States, 
I, I advise her to, to go to treasurydirect.gov and invest in the Series I savings bonds, uh, where the yield right now is 9.62% risk-free. That's right. You can't lose money on it. And I can talk about that in more detail, or you can go back and watch the beginning of last week's webcast, week 183, because I talked about that in a lot of detail. The most you can invest, though, is $10,000, which is definitely worth it. If you live in America and you have not yet bought um, uh, the Series I uh, uh, bonds um, for yourself, or your kids, uh, if, if you have money, uh, then please turn me off and buy them right now. It's, it's the best deal you'll ever get. And it's risk-free. That's right. Okay. All right. Um... Uh, and in the MBA program, Jenny, I talk about diversification in a lot of detail in terms of what percent of a portfolio to put into stocks, bonds, commodities, uh, REITs, and a very tiny amount maybe in cryptos. I cover all that in a lot of detail. Okay. Uh, great to see you. Manas, how are you? Manas is from, from India. He's published a number of books and a metaverse course as well, actually, uh, on Udemy. I, I saw that. Nice. Uh, so Manas wrote, good morning, my dear mentor, Chris, please. I hope all is well. This is my 102nd, wow, webcast with you, and it feels awesome as always. A lot to ask this week. Awesome. It's it's always great to see you. Thank you. Uh, and my heart is broken because my favorite Indian restaurant just shut down, which means I can't buy my favorite dosa locally anymore. Yeah. But when I come to India to visit you, uh, and I will come there, there one day and teach. I taught a couple classes there once in Delhi and Mumbai. When I do come there, you and I will go out and we'll get the best dosa. However... When the bill comes, I'm going to do this. I have alligator hands. I can't, I can't, can't get my wallet. Yeah. T-Rex can't do push-ups either. Sorry. Of course I'll pay. That was awful dad humor. I said that joke once on a webcast years ago and I got complaints. One person in particular said, that's not very nice. That's anti-PETA, uh, you know, making a, a, a wallet out of, out of alligator hands, uh, alligator skin. Yeah. My, it, by the way, for those of you that hate my dad humor and me, don't take my MBA program because I do use a lot of really bad dad humor. Sorry. All right. So Manas wrote here, um, how, did a how did a stable coin crash? Um, I'm, I'm not up to speed on that one in particular. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and then you wrote, Terra Luna crashed the market. And my sources inform me that this was a planned crash by a large uh, investment uh, uh, bank, uh, uh, Pops. You wrote banks. What do you think about that? Yeah, let me see if I can understand the question better. Yeah, so all cryptos have crashed because everybody is de-risking to state the obvious. Now, when rates go up, and they will go up a lot more, what people do is they buy bonds, as I mentioned earlier, like the Series I savings bond, or they just keep their money in the bank because you can make a decent yield with no risk. And so what happens is the first uh, investments to get shot uh, in a down market like this are the most speculative ones. NFTs, then cryptos, uh, then growth stocks, then value stocks, then bonds, et cetera, rinse, lather, repeat. So we're seeing a lot of de-risking because of that. And so cryptos have been absolutely destroyed. Uh, many of them rightly so. I think there's a lot of scammers out there in cryptos. Um, I, I think there's close to 20,000 cryptos in the world right now. It's ridiculous. That's way more than there are you know, fiat or paper-based currencies. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of crap out there. Be careful. And I teach you how to analyze cryptos in much more detail uh, in my MBA program. Yeah. So anything speculative is, is getting destroyed. Be careful, please, everybody. Yeah. 
All right, Rose, how are you? Rose uh, was in my, my first year MBA class. It's surreal. We're starting our fourth one on, on June 1st. Rose is from the great state of Virginia. Uh, she was the editor-in-chief of the yearbook, too, for my first year program. She did a great job. I have two copies of it as well. Rose, always great to see you. Okay, uh, next up, Abinas wrote, uh, if this war uh, lasts for another month or two, and it will at least, in my humble opinion, unfortunately, do you see a huge shortage of food, oil, and almost everything? Yes, I do. Because this thing is not going to end soon. What, what do you think? Any suggestions? Yeah, yeah. So Vladimir Putin, um, so he did his thesis when he was an undergrad in geology. And his term paper, his final term paper was um, how much stronger could the Soviet Union be if they controlled a lot of the world's natural resources? So he's not just going to give up. Um, he's incredibly long-term focused. I, I can't stand him. I hate what he's doing. I'm happy the whole world is ganging up on him right now. Um, and in my MBA program, actually, I, I just gave somebody a full scholarship from Moscow uh, for, for my program. So um, anybody, anytime I talk about uh, negative comments about communism, it's against ideology, not, not people, except Putin. Yeah. No, I think it's going to get a hell of a lot worse. I do. I do. And that's why I mentioned, please look into those, uh, those, uh, those uh, eye savings bonds. Uh, and if you're not in the United States, you can do research on your local bonds as well. Make sure they're credit worthy, please. Yeah. But I think it's going to get worse. So in the United States this morning, I'm sure you all saw the, the announcements. Uh, the Biden administration actually yesterday uh, is, is enacting the, the, the Defense Act. Um, basically what they're going to do is they're going to use consumer airplanes uh, to import uh, a lot of baby formula. There's a massive shortage on, on ba uh, baby formula. Yeah. Uh, and there's also um, going to be a massive shortage in wheat. Uh, eventually. And most of the wheat uh, that, that North Africa purchases is directly from uh, Ukraine. And Ukraine's GDP is down 50% year over year for obvious reasons. Um, and so wheat goes into pasta as well. And we're starting to see an increase in prices of everything. And it sucks because inflation is 10% now uh, in many countries, but nobody is getting raises at all. So everybody is getting squeezed. Yeah. So I think this is going to last for a lot longer than a couple of months. I think that in hindsight's 2020, and this is not a political statement here or opinion, but I think in hindsight, the American government is probably upset that they pulled troops out of Afghanistan because that kind of stabilizes the region or from a, a game theory chess perspective, talk like Kasparov here, uh, it kind of stops Russia from thinking about deploying troops elsewhere. It's, it's terrible what's happening, yeah. Okay. Um, all right, next up, uh, uh, Solomon wrote, uh, hey, Chris, uh, how are you? I'm always great. I hope you're doing well. Uh, what is the best MBA book uh, that you'd recommend for someone to study business administration from scratch? There, there's really not much out there. Uh, a lot of the books are theoretical. What I do recommend, this will be a generic answer to apply to everybody, is whoever your heroes are in business, listen to their autobiography if they exist uh, uh, using audible.com. That, that's how you learn business lessons. Um, otherwise, it's just too theoretical. Yeah. And, and the only book I recommend or the only author, finance author, I should say, uh, to re I recommend uh, is Damodorian, who's a professor at NYU. And whenever I'm in the office of people that are more successful than me, which is every time I'm in an office, I always look at their bookshelf to see what books they have. And then I order them in the elevator uh, on the way down uh, from the meeting. And so um, I used to work at Citadel. I once spent half an hour with Ken Griffin, who's the, the CEO founder, brilliant man uh, in Chicago. I spent a half hour with him. And I looked at, at, at his bookshelf, of course, 
uh, and he had a lot of books by Damodorian, uh, who, um, who's a professor at NYU. And I think that Ken Griffin is the smartest man in the world uh, when it comes to investing. He's brilliant. And I think he will be the richest man in the world one day. Yeah. Okay. Mm. But Salman, what I do is um, in my MBA program, uh, in the third semester, I have uh, what's called a venture capital boot camp where I teach you how to write a business plan, um, how to get investors. And I ask you about a thousand questions. That's right. Based on every aspect of your business model. And I really do, and, and so again, that's in the third semester, it's based on my work experience, having invested in tons of VC companies and all that stuff, being on boards of companies. Now, the, the most important decision you might make, one of your most important decisions in life, uh, is to start a company. Uh, and a lot of people don't write a business plan, and that can destroy your health, and your wealth, and your relationships, and destroy your life. And so failing to plan is planning to fail. And so... I help you in my MBA program create a business plan from scratch. And the way you know you have a good business plan is if you finish it. Because most business plans I've written, I give up after a couple hours because I realize based on the many questions I ask myself and my students and the many templates I provide you with, that it's just not a great business model. And in my MBA program, I also teach you how to raise money and also how to start a company with no money. I don't want you to use any of your own money ever, unless you have some. I want you to be balanced and enjoy your life. I want your base salary when you start your own company to be at least what you're making right now. Plus, you get all the taxable benefits of starting a company. And I teach you how to raise money from high net worth investors as well. You always go to high net worth investors uh, initially uh, to raise money because the sales cycle is quite short. And then eventually you go to venture capital firms, which I teach you all about. All right. All right. Next up, we got Finn. Hey, Finn. Uh, Finn uh, wrote here. My son used to say uh, uh, two ones for number two. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. This is Andrew without the uh, the green screen this time or blue screen. So he used to say three. Yeah. And one time, I remember my wife Christine took him to a play, and I hate plays. It's just too boring for me. Like when I was a kid, they made me go see uh, Less Miserables that play. But he went to a play this week. Quick. Uh, and he said to, to Christine, my, my wife, after the play was done, uh, he said, Mom, a couple of things. Number one, thank you for taking me. Number two, thank you for the, the, the candy you bought me uh, during the intermission. And three, please don't ever take me again. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> okay, next up, Manas uh, wrote, uh, last week I, I told you that I'll publish uh, four courses on the metaverse. Guess what? I did that this morning. I published the fourth course. Uh, thank you for everything forever and ever. Very cool, man. Congrats. N nicely done. Nicely done. And in my MBA program, I'm actually tying in a lot of uh, a, a lot of metaverse stuff as, as well. Uh, I'm going to be making a case study for every class in, in the metaverse. There'll be optional case studies. Uh, this is Oculus Gen 1. And in order to use the metaverse, you can either use the arrow keys on your, your keyboard or you can use uh, one of these things. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, go back to my weekly webcast from, I think, February. I, I did a, a webcast from the metaverse. It, it was fun. Yeah. I think it's a lot of hype, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, next up, uh, the Berlin wrote, uh, Chris, uh, what do you think about Tesla not being in the S&P 500? I thought it was added last year. I thought it was announced that it was, it was added. Yeah. Because I remember the stock went up quite a bit um, after it was announced. Um, and, and the reason why stocks go up a lot when they're announced that they're going to be in the S&P 500. 
is because a lot of uh, index funds and ETF companies have to add that component. And the company taken out that got replaced goes down in value as well. A lot. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, and then uh, next up, uh, Manas wrote, uh, can you create uh, uh, an avatar video? I want to know if you can help me uh, uh, with that. Yeah, I, I don't I don't really know how to do that. I'm sure there's emulation software products out there that allow you to do it. Um, and I know that when they make video games, um, they actually attach sensors to the players so that when when they're when they're swinging, it actually mimics their their their, their real swing, right? So you could probably go out and rent those little sensors. It might be a little bit costly. Yeah. And at the problem with 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 metaverse and and with these video games uh, is that. Yes, they look real. Like FIFA looks real, looks amazing, and Electronic Arts just lost that contract apparently. Oof. But what happens is the faces are never perfect. Nobody's figured out faces yet. Nobody has. Yeah. And Avatar Part Two comes out this Christmas. It's going to be underwater. I can't wait to see it. And Jim, James Cameron, who is the, uh, of course, the writer of Avatar, he's a great Canadian. Represents. He once said, "If you set your goals so high and you fail, you still fail above everyone else's expectations." Okay. Um, all right. Next up, uh, Keith, how are you? Uh, it's been a while. Hope you're doing well, brother. Uh, Keith wrote, uh, dearest mentor, Chris, please. Uh, I'm enjoying the MBA. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, have you thought uh, about adding a project management module? Uh, I'm looking for assistance. Let me know. Uh, uh, sorry for, for self-selling, but I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. Oh, no, please. Ne never apologize. I'm, I'm I'm always here to serve you guys. Thanks. So what I'm doing is I'm actually adding a very comprehensive um, Excel course, not just how to use Excel, but how to program in Excel as well. So you can create your own project management documents as well uh, using Gantt charts, critical path, etc. And the way I'm going to be teaching programming to start, and I will be teaching Python eventually, but I'm starting with uh, teaching you programming by using uh, Microsoft Excel. Okay, this will be exclusively available in my MBA program. Now in Excel, when you code, you create macros and the macros are recorded for you. And then you go and look to see what the code was created for you. It's great. So if you were to enter text in a cell and make it bold while you're recording a macro, then you hit stop and you go look at the code, see what was made for you. And you can manipulate the code that way. And they're called sub procedures. I have a 3D printer. Uh, this is an early mock-up of what I'm gonna be doing. Okay, and this is also for the metaverse. And in Excel, what you do is when you code, uh, you've got sub procedures, okay? And so the sub is the top and then you've got end sub here. And when you open this up, which I'll have ready for you soon, you see all the functions and variables. And so I'm going to visualize learning how to code as well. Uh, and, and you got to think like a computer when you're coding as well. Kind of like in business, you have to think like the other person does uh, and understand their motivations. As I mentioned earlier, people are motivated by three things. They want to make more money, number one. Number two, they want to get promoted. And three, they want to enjoy their job. So if you think like a computer and you get inside the mindset of the computer and you want to turn this eraser green, what you do is computers think big, small, and then whatever the variable is. So a computer would, would think pencil, this is how you code it, pencil dot eraser dot color equals green. So this is one of the many props I'll be using to teach programming coming out soon in my MBA program. And if you meet me in real life, I'm a very tiny human being. Yeah. All right, uh, let's see. Uh, next up, uh, I have got uh, KH, uh, who that's my sister, Katie's initials too. Uh, uh, KH, hey Chris, everybody, uh, hope all is well, likewise. 
Uh, Chris, do you think it's a good idea to invest in short-term floating rate bonds like uh, FLOTS and ICSH uh, or, or holding on to cash? Yeah, you'd have to do a hell of a lot more research on those as well. Okay, make sure that the, the rating is at least A. Okay, and basically the way it works is when you invest in bonds, there are ratings agencies uh, like, like Moody's and S&P and Fitch. And what they do is they rate bonds from AAA, AA, triple B, B, double B, B, rinse, ladder, repeat. You get the, you get the idea. You never want to invest in anything that's below A level though. Okay. Below A level is called a junk bond or high yield bond. And yes, the returns can be very high, but it's very risky. And junk bonds were used to actually finance uh, the growth of Las Vegas. Who the hell would make a 10 of the biggest hotels in the world in the middle of the desert. They were financed with junk bonds. Please do the research first. Make sure the credit ratings are good on those tickers you mentioned there. Yeah. Okay. And, and whenever you're about to invest in, in an asset class and you're confused by it, like insurance, like insurance is really confusing, man. And I don't like buying uh, stocks from insurance companies. Like a lot of these insurance companies will, will say to you, hey, get this, this insurance program. And in return, we'll let you invest in our mutual fund, so to speak. I don't like to buy stocks from insurance companies. You know, it's, it's like buying surgery from a lawyer. And there's a lot of hidden fees. But whenever you invest in a complicated product, um, uh, what you need to do, like bonds, is call customer support, okay? And ask them, what's the most money you can lose and the most money you can make? And what are the tax implications? They'll explain that to you. Then what I want you to do is say, okay, let me explain it back to you now. And please let me know if, if I'm doing this right. And it's all recorded. So they have to pay attention and give you the right advice. You explain it back to them. If they say, no, that's not right. Then you keep doing that over and over and over again until you understand it. Uh, the, the problem is a lot of people don't do that. And, and by not doing that, you get screwed on fees. There's a lot of hidden fees. Yeah. Okay. All right, next up I have got here, give me one second to fast forward a, a teleprompter thing here. You can't see us, but I got text to the screen here. I'm trying to get out of the way. There you go, good, okay, great. Okay, um, all right. Uh, and Manas, you, you're, you're most welcome for that, that, that nice comment there. Thank you. Okay, okay. Uh, 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 thank you, Manas, thank you so much. Okay, next up we've got uh, uh, Mamadou. And give me one second, guys, sorry. Okay. Uh, Mamadou said, uh, hey, hey, Chris, uh, nice to see you. Uh, ni nice haircut. Thank you. A little bit different. Um, it's midlife crisis. I guess I'm letting my hair down. This is the longest I think it's ever been. I don't know what the hell I'm doing with it either. I'm trying to brush it. Okay. Um, and next up, Nassim wrote, uh, Chris Habibi. Good, good to see you too, man. And one of my wonderful students uh, from Riyadh actually corrected me. Thank you for this. Uh, by saying that Habibi... Uh, uh, is, is for men, but Habibti is for women. And so for years I've been saying, welcome to the house of Habibi, right? The Haroon house of Habibi or the heroin house of Habibi. Um, and yeah, so I didn't mean to exclude uh, any women. Yeah. So welcome Habibtis and Habibis. I'll say welcome Habs. Habs. Okay. All right. Next up, we got uh, 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 Petra who asked me to call him Peter years or uh, a couple months ago. He's 19. Uh, he, he's from Romania. Uh, great, great to see you as, as, as always. Yeah. And, and by the way, you'll notice here, there's kind of a lump here. I'm, I wear this, um, I got into this bad car crash years ago. And so I have to, I wear this thing. It's $15 from Amazon. It's, uh, it's, it basically keeps my, my back upright. Uh, and that's why it looks like, 
sometimes I'm wearing two shirts, but it makes me look a little bit bigger, like Lou Ferrigno bigger. Yeah. And I'm dating myself. Lou Ferrigno, he was the, the Incredible Hulk, uh, my favorite show growing up. Okay. Uh, and he's in the TV show The Offer now, actually, uh, which is my favorite show on TV. It's about The Godfather. Okay, so Peter uh, from Romania, uh, who loves soccer, I remember that, wrote, uh, Hi, Chris, hope you're doing well today, likewise. Uh, I want to ask uh, you, who is the most popular person uh, you've ever talked to uh, from a business uh, perspective? Yeah, uh, well, definitely Bill Gates. Yeah, and so I, I, I met Bill Gates a, a number of times. Um, I sat beside him at lunch uh, in the summer of 2003. Um, every year I would go up to Microsoft's headquarters for their, their annual analyst day event with hundreds of other analysts from all over the world. And I remember I would get lost every time I go to Microsoft's headquarters because every year there's new buildings everywhere. They were growing really fast then. And so what, what happened was um, there, there was a lunch and it was there was uh, 50 tables, 10 people each, 500 people there. And it was assigned seating at Bill Gates' table. And so on the left of Bill Gates was the Fidelity portfolio manager, the biggest owner of Microsoft. On the right was the capital portfolio manager. Capital is the best mutual fund in the world. In the world on, on the right. And I noticed... I noticed that there was a slightly big little gap there between Bill Gates uh, and the, the Fidelity portfolio manager. And so I had nothing to lose. So I went and I got a chair and I pulled it up right there. And then I went, Garconi, right? Uh, I didn't say Garçon, but you know, you know what I'm getting at. And the waiter set me up uh, with, uh, with, and it was amazing. It, it was incredible. And I got to talk to Bill Gates for like an hour and walk into his car afterwards. And I'll never forget, I thought... It was going to be a limo picking him up. He had this cheap, beat-up old blue Lexus uh, with two car seats in the back for his kids. They were younger back then. And he threw his jacket in and just drove home. Yeah. But it, it was surreal. It was surreal. Yeah. It was cool. Um, and I remember, actually, and I'm going to open up and be transparent as, as always. Um, I, I remember uh, he had a, a WG written on his shirts. Really nice clothes. I remember that. Um, and when people at the table, there's hedge fund uh, portfolio managers at the table with me. Uh, and I worked at Hedge Fund at the time, uh, when they asked him really tough questions, he changed. It was unbelievable. Like he's media trained, right? He speaks slowly in front of the media and stuff, but he changed. His fork and knife went to this and he had a glass of red wine and you can hear it hitting his teeth when he was aggressive in your face. Uh, and he used the Lord's name in vain a couple of times and uh, no joke here. I, I, I'm ashamed of myself for not telling him that, it, that, was, kind of, that was offensive, but I remember that well. Brilliant man. I think what he's doing for charity is a wonderful thing, though, and I do respect him, but not for those 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 comments about they were sacrilegious. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Other than that, uh, I, I guess Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett came to my business school. Uh, he lectured a class. It was kind of cool. Yeah. And Tony Robbins as well. He came when I worked in venture capital. I had him in one of my uh, portfolio companies offices and he invested in the company. Nice guy. He, he is a, he is a gem in real life too. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, uh, Satones, who, who's Mark actually in my platinum program. He graduated last year. He's from Detroit. Wonderful person. I miss you, man. I hope you're doing well. Uh, and his business plan is awesome. Okay. He is the next Elon Musk. His business plan is mining rare minerals on asteroids. It's amazing. It's, it's unbelievable. And don't forget, years ago, um, uh, Elon Musk was talking about colonizing Mars, right? Which is going to happen very soon. And so what happens, uh, what Steve Jobs said is, at first they think you're crazy. Then you get some success uh, and they, they call you crazy genius. 
and then you have a lot of success and they just say genius. So Mark is in the genius phase. I'm always going to be in the crazy phase. Yeah, the cray cray phase. Yeah, it's great to see you, brother. Uh, and so Mark wrote, uh, hello, M Global MBA gang. I hope everyone is having a stellar time. I like the star reference. Uh, and you wrote, brother, I hope you and your family are well. I love you, man. And likewise, hope you're doing well. Okay. Moving on to uh, Venki, who wrote, uh, hi, Chris. Good morning. Good morning to you, too. First time I've seen you on the call. I hope you join us again. Thank you. If you know or refer me to speak with admissions counselors or retired admissions counselors, from top schools in California, like USC and UCLA, to get some input from them. Thanks, yeah. I don't know if anybody might be able to help you out there. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Um, next up, uh, Rose wrote, uh, 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 as a solo entrepreneur, solopreneur, working full-time on my not-yet-profitable startup, how can I best prepare myself for the possible upcoming recession? Yeah, it's, 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 it's here. I think we're in the recession right now. And the definition of a recession is two consecutive quarters of year-over-year -year decline in GDP, meaning revenue for our country. And we've had one. I think we're in the middle of a second one right now. And um, a lot of people are saying that consumer spending is holding up. It's not. If you listen to the Walmart and earnings conference calls from this most recent quarter, you'll see that inventory is starting to pile up for them as well, which means consumer demand is going down. Now, I think the best time to start a company is during a recession. And the reason I say that is because you're running scared or the entrepreneur is and you're lean and mean and you keep expenses low. And the second the economy improves, you see explosive top line growth. So I would keep every expense very, very low. Uh, and Rose, in the MBA program, if you want, um, what we can do is we can set up a call. I can go through your business plan with you. I remember your business plan from two years ago, going through it with you. It was, it was pretty cool. It was about distribution of music online. Uh, but you want to make sure your expenses are zero. And you can do it. You can start a company with no expenses because software is basically free. Okay. Um, uh, next up, uh, Mark wrote, uh, with gas prices rising, uh, insurance is not covering people well. I see an upheaval in transportation, an increased use of electric grid, an increase in energy consumption, um, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm with you too. I I think what's what's going to happen longer term uh, with 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 Europe is Europe is going to move much faster than expected towards mandating only electric vehicles. I think within 30 years it'll be against the law in many countries to have gas-based cars. I do, I do. Uh, and there's of course everybody is is doing this to counter Putin longer term. And a very famous Saudi uh, Saudi Aramco executive many years ago said. Uh, that the Stone Age did not end because they ran out of stones. Yeah. Okay, moving on to the next question is, um, okay, how do I save money uh, on produce uh, and, and meat? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so what you can do, uh, this is out there, but there's, there are these companies where you can buy ugly fruit and ugly vegetables. Hear me out. Um, basically, what that means is whenever you go to a supermarket, they try to put beautiful tomatoes or avocados, you know, in front of you so it looks appealing you buy. What about the ugly tomatoes, like the heirloom tomatoes and stuff? Well, there are companies where you can have direct uh, farm to your door uh, 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 by purchasing ugly fruit and vegetables and taste the same anyway. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, uh, Mark from Detroit wrote, uh, should we join a venture uh, with with sectors uh, that are focused um, uh, on, on on clean tech? Yeah. 
Um, I, I, I would say be really careful with clean tech companies um, because they can be very CapEx intensive. And if you're going to start a clean tech venture, make sure that there are government subsidies there as well, or you can raise a ton of capital and you want to raise as much money as you can when you can. Because the worst thing you can do is start a company and have to raise money every single year. It's a major distraction. Yeah. Okay. And if that wasn't the nature of your question, uh, then please let me know. Thanks. All right. Uh, and then Ted uh, wrote, and if I skipped any questions or anybody, just post again, please. So Ted wrote, I, I love your dad humor. Thank you. Thank you. So that's one person that likes. I'm a tiny person. I have small hands. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And give me one second. I just got a, a text. I have kids that are in school. I want to see if they're okay. They're fine. Okay, good. I get these messages every day about people getting COVID in my, my kids' classes now. Yeah. And, and one thing that, that there's a real disconnect, like why is China going on a bigger lockdown now than ever before, yet other countries aren't doing anything? Are we missing something? I, I, there seems to be a di big disconnect. Yeah. And when I go outdoors now, like I feel like I'm the only person that has a mask. I wear it at the gym now. I'm the only person. Um, it's like COVID never happened. And I guess that's why, you know, companies like Netflix are getting destroyed because people are going outdoors now. And I noticed a big slowdown in my course, single course revenue as well, but not my MBA program. Yeah. Okay. Um, Eston, how are you? Eston, uh, great to see you, man. Uh, Eston uh, and his wife just had a baby. He graduated from my uh, MBA program last year. Great to see you. Congratulations again uh, on the birth of your baby. Uh, and I hope you're enjoying your downtime at home and your PS5 that you bought. You told me you bought that too. And I'm playing Red Dead Redemption Part 2 again now. It is a masterpiece. It's great to see you. And Essen actually used to work with Aubrey McLennan, uh, who is the founder of Chesapeake, ticker C-H-K, who passed away. God, God bless him. Great to see you. Uh, so Eston wrote, hey, Chris, hope all is well. Apologize in advance if this is an exhausting question for you. No, anything, brother. Always good to see you. Um, uh, the, the question is, what are your thoughts on an impending recession? Netflix is the first company with massive layoffs, home prices still climbing, inflation, etc. cetera. Uh, those of us uh, that were not old enough to feel their last recession, what is the current market vibe compared to 08 and 09? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the four most dangerous words in finance, um, according to Sir John Templeton, are this time it's different. There's... The economies are always cyclical. You know, you've got an incredible bull market uh, and then a recession, rinse, lather, repeat, right? And they're usually 10, 10 years, uh, it, but 2008 was, was rough. And I want to say this time it's different. I want to say last time was a little bit more extreme because in 2008, we were within 24 hours of bank machines not working. And I think a better comparison is the early 1980s in the, during the Carter administration when interest rates were 20%. Okay. Things are not as bad as then, but inflation was rampant and high like it is now. And back then in the early 80s, you had unemployment of 10%. Today, it's about 4%. So things aren't as bad as, as then. But I would probably want to compare it more so to the recession in the early 80s and less so to 08, 09. Because 08, 09, again, we were within 24 hours of bank machines not working. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, next up, uh, uh, Joe wrote, uh, uh, Chris, what should a person do if they depleted their retirement accounts before retirement? They are at retirement age now. Is it realistic they can invest in stocks uh, at this stage of their lives? Yeah, it's never too late to start and to start over even. And the average age for somebody starting a company in the United States is 52. 
And the average life expectancy, as I mentioned earlier, is 26 years longer today than it was in the 1950s. And so I think a lot of people are not going to be retiring in their 80s or 90s. And I think a lot of people in this call are going to be working well into their 120s. True. Yeah, but it's never too late to start again. Yeah. And the best way to think about it is out of sight, out of mind, to the extent that uh, with if you guys can do it, if we can all do it, with every paycheck you get, you know, every two weeks, whatever it is, have money automatically taken out and put into ETFs, for example, or directly into your retirement savings account. Uh, and so what I would do right now, uh, uh, just given the, the older age uh, you mentioned here, um, is the first thing I would look to invest in are iShares, okay? Or iSavings bonds, uh, which has a yield, guaranteed yield, risk-free of 9.62%. U.S. government debt. For more details on that, please watch the beginning of, of last week's webcast, meaning week 183. Thanks. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. So uh, uh, earlier, somebody asked me a question. What are your thoughts on Tesla being taken out of the S&P 500? I, I said, I don't think it was. And then uh, Eston wrote, uh, it was removed from the uh, ESG index, not the S&P 500 itself. Yeah, thanks. Michelle, how are you? Uh, Michelle is in my MBA program as, as well. Uh, she also graduated from Columbia uh, MBA school, but she's way younger than me. You graduated 2013. I, I was the year of two, that class 2000. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Uh, next up, uh, MC uh, wrote, um, I'm currently watching your Complete Crypto course. Uh, uh, so uh, And so far, so good, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I have an updated version of that uh, in my MBA program as, as well. Thank you. And my new NFT course, I'm, I'm making the Complete NFT and Metaverse course. Um, it, it's going to be structured similarly to what you saw there. And when I made my, my crypto course, I'll never forget this. This scared the hell out of me, man. But when I made my, my crypto course uh, years ago, whatever it was, um, I hired this guy. He was so amazing to, to proofread everything for me. He was incredible, right? And what happened was the NSA knocked at my door and I was terrified. And I was like, why is the NSA knocking at my door? And so I put on my depends and we sat down, we talked. And the NSA dude was actually doing a background check on the person I had hired. And he didn't say why, but I'm pretty sure they wanted to hire him from a cryptography perspective. So I did a lot of due diligence there, and I'm doing the same due diligence uh, right now uh, with this uh, NFT metaverse thing. Okay. All right. Uh, next up, uh, Gary wrote, uh, hi, Chris. Uh, nice to see you. Great to see you as well, Gary. Um, uh, Gary, uh, his question is, does the venture capital boot camp uh, require the materials for the first two semesters? Do you think, and this is in the third semester, yeah, a self-paced learner can fast forward to that semester uh, directly, yeah. If you have a basic understanding uh, of, of finance and accounting, you know, if, if you know how an income statement works, okay, and also if you understand how to value company based on PE, then you can fast forward to that. Otherwise, what I would do is I'd watch the finance and accounting classes before the third semester. All right, um, and then, oh, somebody mentioned Ken Griffin, who is, uh, I worked for him at Citadel years ago. Okay, so Eston wrote, uh, Ken Griffin is the one uh, being blamed for uh, uh, de-pegging de uh, US Terra and Luna as a result uh, in an attack similar to Soros, uh, which we learned from you in your course. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, and George Soros basically made a billion dollars in one day uh, by breaking the British pound. 
Okay, he caused the, the British pound to float, and also by breaking the Thai bot. And if you guys want more details on how George Soros did that, uh, just go to my website, HaroonMBA.com, do a search for Soros at the top. Yeah. And I explain how fixed and variable exchange rates work and how he made that killing uh, as well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then next up, uh, uh, Daniel wrote, uh, good morning, Chris. Uh, I like, good morning. I like tax-free uh, mini bonds. Okay. Uh, but bond funds contain triple B bonds as well as triple A bonds. Are they strictly triple A bond funds that you know of? No, I, I don't. I don't. And when you mentioned mini bonds, um, let me talk about muni bonds. Um, so uh, municipal bonds are tax free. Okay. So um, unlike uh, iShares, so the I savings bonds, um, you do pay federal tax, not state. You pay federal unless you take the money you made from it and put it in education that is tax free. So when it comes to uh, munis or municipal bonds, they're tax free, but be careful. You can lose every penny. And so, for example, a precedent of this, I think we talked about this in my MBA program, was back uh, in, I think it was the uh, the 1990s, uh, Orange County, which is in Southern California, for those that watched the TV show, The O.C., which was a great show. Uh, the Orange County had municipal bonds uh, and uh, it went bankrupt and people got wiped out. So you got to be careful of that as well. Yeah. So I would definitely look to see if you invest in munis, make sure they're above grade A. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously diversify as well. Don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. And I teach about portfolio diversification in a lot more detail as well uh, in my MBA program. Yeah. And I'd love to talk to anybody that's interested in joining the MBA program. Um, if you want, you can go to this website right here and you can sign up for a one-on-one -on -one Zoom call with me if you're curious about what it's like to be in the Golden Platinum program. I'm happy to talk about it with you. I have a bunch of 20-minute slots. Just go to HaroonMBA.com here. Um, and, and set up a call. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. Uh, oh, and then Daniel corrected. You wrote, I meant municipal bond. No, I'm with you. I thought that's what you meant. Thanks. All right. Um, next up, Adam. Hey, Adam. I uh, wrote, I'm 48 years, I'm, I'm 48 years old. Uh, which courses can you recommend for app development for Google Play? So what I would do is I would go and check out Angela Yu's courses. Okay, there's no better human being on the planet to teach programming than Angela Yu. I'm getting into it too. I ain't gonna beat her. She's amazing, she's the best. So don't take my courses, take hers. So, so let me actually show you that. Okay, so for anybody who wants to learn coding from scratch, um, you, what you can do is do a search on Udemy. And I don't get comp by mentioning Udemy, it's an algorithm anyway. Um, Udemy at Angela Yu, okay, okay. So if you go here, you can check out her courses. She's amazing. So she was a, a, a medical doctor, okay? But she decided she wanted to teach. So she teaches programming and she, she's the best at it, yeah. Um, and she has a British accent, which means she speaks gooder than me, yeah. So she has boot camps as well, but for programming, mine's VC. Um, but you can take her courses here. Um, yeah, you, you, you'll love it. And, and it all starts from scratch as well, assuming you have no background uh, in programming. And she makes it fun and she uses a lot of, I guess, mom humor as well. I've been told. Yeah. Is that a thing, mom here? I don't know. Daddy or who knows? Okay. And people used to say I'm like Phil, the father from a modern family. My awful jokes. Yeah. I am Phil. Yeah. Phil Dunphy. Okay. All right. Uh, Mark wrote, um, uh, how would I elevate or pitch my company to a former president, senator, or military uh, leadership. Yeah, wow, wow. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, for those of you that that are, are not sure what that means, elevator pitch. So when you're pitching your business model to raise money, um, there's three pitches. There's a 30-second pitch, a five-minute pitch, and a 30-minute pitch. The 30-second pitch is the most important one, and they call it an elevator pitch because elevator rides take 30 seconds usually. So you can pitch it in 30 seconds. So what I would do is I would sell yourself. Ideas are commodities, but execution is not. Okay, the jockey is always more important than the horse. So you want to talk about your skill set and your team. Because most sophisticated investors, they invest in people first, ideas second. And I'd always rather invest in an A management team with a B business model instead of investing in a B management team with an A business model. So sell yourself and your experiences. All right. Um, and the Berlin wrote, uh, Chris, uh, uh, do, you happen, do you happen to know anything about if Coinbase goes bankrupt? Uh, they're allowed uh, to use the customers as general unsecured creditors. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. I've started rolling up my sleeves on Coinbase recently, trading at four times earnings. Yeah. Uh, whenever I invest in growth markets, I love to invest in the companies that provide the arms. Or, for example, in the gold rush, the companies that, that made the pixes and axes. Right. And so I, I love investing in the infrastructure companies. In the 90s, I did really well humbly investing in Cisco, ticker CSCO, because they make the plumbing for the Internet. And I kind of see uh, Coinbase as, as a commensurate investment as well. Yeah. Uh, in terms of unsecured creditors, I, I don't think so. I don't think it's, it's, it's structured like a bank. Right? It's, 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 it's an exchange. And if you want to look at a comp, you can look at TSX, which is the Toronto Stock Exchange. It's publicly traded. I worked on the IPO and I worked at Goldman in 2002. Or you can look at other IPOs uh, or publicly traded uh, exchanges and, and see if there's any sort of commensurate issues with them. I don't think so. Okay. Okay. Um, and then uh, Marcus wrote here, what I was saying earlier was these massive problems, structural problems with the economy, are huge business opportunities for us to position ourselves for a huge profit, uh, but also help people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when crisis comes, opportunity always, always. And in business, you have to be like Elon Musk. You have to be incredibly unemotional. And one of the reasons Elon is so successful is because he's unemotional. And I've worked for a lot of billionaires uh, that are very unemotional. And one or two of them, I won't disclose who, are borderline Asperger's syndrome. And basically, what that means is you don't freak out ever. Uh, and so I've worked with billionaires that you know, on a day when one of our companies got acquired in the hedge fund industry, we're all jumping up and down, we're happy high fives. And they're like, yeah, okay, whatever. But they also don't freak out. And we have to be the same way as well, like Elon Musk. We can't freak out. In fact, Elon Musk backed up the truck and bought a ton of Tesla shares in March of 2020 when nobody else was buying. Then he sold most of those shares last fall at the peak of the market. He's very unemotional. We have to keep our emotions in check. And if we're not a contrarian, we'll never reach our full potential in terms of our ability to execute and have a high net worth. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. But the problem with society is people tend to worship these people that make a lot of money. They, they've been married multiple times with multiple kids in different families. I don't respect that. I respect people that are balanced more so. Yeah. All right. All right. So ne next up, I got uh, Huey. And whenever I see your name, Huey Liu, I always think of Huey Lewis in the news. Um, so Huey graduated from my MBA program last year. He's from Australia. Great guy. His daughter actually just signed up for this year's program uh, as well. Uh, Huey works in the HVAC market. Uh, that's air conditioning systems. And he's done incredibly well 
uh, marketing his products, his services, as well as himself with webinars over, over LinkedIn. He's a, he's a brand name. It's great to see you, buddy, as always. Uh, so Huey wrote, uh, Chris, the Reserve Bank of Australia uh, raised rates for the first time after more than 10 to 12 years. Uh, fixed, uh, fix, I fixed my rates last year uh, after our one-on-one meeting. Excellent. Excellent. Well, great to hear that. Great to hear that. Yeah. Um, last year was the time to refinance. Yeah. Always good to see you, brother. Always good to see you. Okay. Uh, and it was great seeing that our alumni webcast. I think it was two Fridays ago as well. Yeah. All right, next up, uh, uh, Super wrote, uh, good morning, Chris, good morning. Uh, what would be the equivalent of an iShare ETF uh, in Canada? Yeah, there are Canadian uh, savings bonds out there. I, I know them because when I was when I was a little kid, I got them as gifts at, you know, my, it was my first Holy Communion, it was my Aunt Dorothy gave me a, 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 it was a Canadian savings bond. They exist, Canadian savings bond, do, do a search on that, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, next up, Jacob wrote, um, "How do you invest one hundred thousand uh, dollars to make it uh, a million and you a million pounds?" Yeah. So, it, first of all, day trading doesn't work. Nobody can do that. Nobody can make uh, make that a living because we can't name successful day traders. Their names don't exist. But we can name very successful long term investors. So you have to be a very long term investor, and it all adds up. And so, what you want to do is every paycheck you have have money taken out automatically if you can. Uh, and put into your retirement savings program, right? And it adds up over time. It really, really does. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, ne- next up, uh, Michelle wrote, uh, uh, Chris, uh, China has a zero COVID policy. Yeah, uh, that's right. Because earlier I asked, what's going on with China? China has all these, it looks like uh, there, there's more lockdowns now than ever. Uh, and so uh, Michelle wrote, uh, China has a zero uh, COVID policy, and she works with a lot of Chinese companies uh, in, in her company, uh, Michelle G uh, Consulting. Um, uh, you wrote, their death count is lower than the United States, with a population four times larger than the United States. The United States just passed uh, one million uh, deaths collectively, uh, and the U.S. has accepted uh, that so we can get back to normal. Yeah, yeah, okay, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just worried that has China uncovered a new variant uh, that we haven't uncovered? Uh, and apparently the, the, the vaccine used in China is not as effective as the ones created by, by Merck, uh, Pfizer, uh, and others. Yeah. Thank you for that, Michelle. Appreciate it. Christina, how are you? Christina is president of the uh, Haroon Education Ventures Alumni Association. Uh, she's also our fearless leader, uh, which Peyton Kalawahea from the United States Navy uh, uh, coined her as last year. And Peyton just got a kick-ass job um, uh, it, working in the video sector in, in Sacramento here in California. I'm very, very happy for her. Yeah. Great to see you, Christina. So Christina wrote, uh, good morning, Chris and our amazing uh, MBA family. Uh, um, hope you're having an outstanding week so far. Cheers, Chris. I'm at 10 a.m. water and only 400 steps. How about, how about you? Yeah. So for me, uh, for water, and this is co-opetition, which is good for us, I'm at 8 a.m. only. Mm. trying to finish all this every day in terms of my, my steps. Uh, and I have a treadmill here where I take steps all day long, as, as many of you know. Uh, where am I at here? So I'm at only 150 steps, but I will get up to, to, to 20,000 later today. Yeah, thank you. All right, cool. All right, uh, and Esten, uh, uh, who graduated from uh, Platinum last year uh, and is a new father, congratulations again. Um, uh, wrote, uh, thanks for your answer regarding the 1980s as comparable. Uh, KKR and Blackstone, these are two big uh, private equity firms, 
KKR and Blackstone were founded slightly before and during the recession. Oh, interested. Yeah. Oh, interesting. They started during a recession. It's fascinating. Yeah. And Henry Kravis, who's uh, the, one of the K's in KKR, along with Colbert Roberts, uh, Henry Kravis kind of invented the private equity industry. Uh, and he actually went to my business school. He was a straight C student. I love him. And he, and he presented to us once. Uh, and so I was front row center, right? I want to see him talk about private equity deals, um, you know, uh, his, his, his hostile takeover of, of Nabisco, et cetera. And for an hour and a half, all he talked about was giving to charity. And so I respect him even more. But he talked about it's not just about giving money. It's about giving time, about mentoring others, which I respect. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Next up, uh, I have got uh, uh, Joe uh, who wrote, uh, thank you, Chris, for your answer uh, to my question. You're most welcome. You're most welcome. So if anybody has questions, uh, type them now. Um, if possible, we got 75 people on the call, which, which is great turnout. Uh, ask your questions now. Thanks. Okay. Um, uh, Eston wrote, uh, unreal that coin has been under a 12 PE for, for months. Yeah. Coinbase. Yeah. Yeah. This is when I start doing the research. Yeah. It's a broken stock, not a broken company. Unless there's something we don't know. Yeah. All right. Um, Next up, uh, Jacob wrote here, uh, what asset classes do you recommend to invest in for the long term? And what you, do you think are the emerging real estate markets with the most opportunity? I'll answer that in reverse order. So uh, just given COVID, a lot of people are realizing that, hey, you don't have to live in big cities. You can work remotely. So I think the best investments longer term uh, are going to be farmland or any suburban area, not city real estate. Because if you think about it, it's ridiculous that we go into work every day. We waste two hours of our life destroying the environment by driving, destroying our personal life as well because we're not spending time with our kids because we're commuting, and destroying our health because we're, we're not spending any time exercising. Uh, and so what COVID has taught us is we can do a lot more working remotely, not full time, but several days of the week. And so from a real estate investment opportunity, I'm bearish on city real estate. I'm bullish. If I can be long uh, uh, farmland and short city uh, city uh, real estate, I, I would be. Yeah. So, and in terms of, of uh, what asset class you recommend investing in for the long term. So the most important investment you, you can make is maxing out uh, your retirement savings program. In America, it's called a 401k. In different countries, it's called something else. So after you max that out, which basically lets your money grow tax-free until you retire, after you max out your retirement savings program, look into educational savings programs for your kids as well. It grows tax-free as well. Okay, uh, And I've got uh, three boys. Uh, one of them starts Berkeley uh, undergrad in a couple months. Um, and I'm humbled and pleased to say we, we paid for his education by maxing out the educational savings account for him many years ago. It all adds up over time. The next thing to invest in is your house. It probably is the best investment you'll ever make. Your house or your apartment. Um, and, and if you don't believe me, then open up Excel. And if you pay 600 bucks a month in rent, then do 600 bucks per month for 50 years. And you'll see that that equals $8 million, including the interest rate, which is going up. So the, you, you got to buy your own house as soon as you can. And I know it's tough for, for a lot of people. I, I had to actually wait until my, uh, uh, until my 30s, uh, in, until I was, I was able to do it in New York City. Um, but the sooner the better, because we waste a ton of money on, on rent. 
and you might be able to get a loan uh, from your parents. I didn't do this, but a lot of people can do this. You get a tax-free loan and there's a tax benefit for your parents as well. And if you're married, um, you can get four, four benefits, four grants from your mom and dad and your spouse's mom and dad as well, tax-free. Talk to an accountant first about this, please. So, yeah, it's a no-brainer. If you can buy a house, do it as young as you can. It took me until, until my 30s, uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and when you buy a house, like what I want you to do, if, if you can, is uh, I also want you to um, think about Airbnb. So when you look to buy a house, if you see that there is a door to the outside for one of the rooms, or if you have an extra room in your house you can secure by putting in another door, then you can Airbnb the rooms. And I did that with this house, actually, many years ago. Um, and so th this room here, actually, this, this used to be an Airbnb room, right? So here's, here's the room here. It's got a, a, a separate entrance uh, as, as well. I feel like Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. He comes in and takes off his sweater and shoes. <laughs> Beginning of each show. But has a separate door. And so this was like one of the Airbnb rooms. And I, I rented two of them, actually, which more than paid for the mortgage. So when you're looking at a house, make sure you look into are there rooms that you can rent out to pay for your mortgage. And also you want to make sure that the municipality you live in allows you to do this uh, as well. Yeah. All right. Um, but buy as soon as you can. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then if anybody has questions, type them up now, please. Okay, um, uh, next up, uh, the Berlin wrote, uh, uh, Chris, if you had four assets to pick to prepare for recessions, uh, which one would they be? Yeah, so the, the first thing I, I would look at is, um, I'd look at a, a, a government debt, okay? If the country you're located in has a affordable government debt. And so let me actually go there uh, really, really quickly uh, with you. Okay, um, so um, in the United States, for example, you can go to uh, treasurydirect.gov and buy directly from the US government if you live in America. And if you live in a different country, please do something similar to this and do your research, thanks. Uh, but right here, you can buy what's called a Series I bond, okay? Uh, and this is a no-brainer. Um, and I put my reputation on the line by saying you cannot lose money on this, okay? Uh, the reason you can't lose money on this is because this is debt from the US government. Uh, and uh, this is, uh, the U.S. government is the last company on the planet that would ever declare bankruptcy. It is what it is. It's all relative. And so the way this works is um, you, can, you can buy them now. And uh, what happens is every six months, they issue new bonds with uh, a, a different interest rate. And the, the interest rate in the bond you buy resets as well. Let me explain what that means. So up until um, uh, November 1st, you can buy this okay, and get 9.62%. Okay, and that, that's an annualized return. It's amazing. And the way this works is uh, it's the way that the interest rate is calculated is you take the interest rate, like the federal treasury uh, rate right now, which is quite low but increasing, and then you add on top of that whatever the inflation rate is. And that's how you come up with 9.62%. And so on November 1st, what's going to happen is this interest rate will change. So what that means is this, if inflation goes up, which it probably will, then this rate will go up as well. You'll make more money. If inflation goes down and for some crazy reason, the government decides to cut rates, which wouldn't happen unless there was some disaster. But if interest rates go down, this goes down as well. 
Okay, now some people think, well, you can lose money because of deflation. No, you can't lose money on these things, right? And it's insured by the full faith and credit of the United States government. Now, the, the way it works is you have to open an account through a Treasury Direct here. And then once you do so, um, then you can you can buy them. And you can only buy $10,000 worth per person. You can gift these as well. Please buy them for your kids if you have the extra capital as well. Yeah, uh, and, and it's tax-free. Uh, on, on a state level, but federal level, you pay taxes, except federal tax, or except, no, no, you pay federal tax only, not state. Uh, but if you, uh, if you use the proceeds for education, you, you can use that tax free. Oh, a couple of stipulations. One more thing. Um, if, if you actually, if you take your money out within a year, um, you lose money. And if you take your money out within five years, you lose one quarter's worth of, of interest payments, which is tiny anyway. So check it out, please. Yeah. Okay. Let me go back here to bigger crisp mode. Hey there. Okay. So the assets I would invest in. Um, so real estate for sure. Um, probably value-based stocks. Um, in addition, um, uh, government bonds, if you can. Uh, and the fourth asset class would be gold. And we're not there yet with gold, but usually when there's a lot of fear, gold rises. Yeah, it was my biggest long position in 2008 during the recession, the Great Recession. Ticker GLT, ETF for gold. Yeah. Okay. Okay, next up, uh, Esten wrote, uh, uh, looking at self-sabotage uh, for my first PE fund acquisition. Uh, curious if you have uh, experience. Yeah, um, I've, I misread that. You, you wrote looking at self storage uh, for my first uh, PE fund experience. Curious if you have experience. That was an honest mistake. Um, when it comes to storage, I've invested in Iron Mountain before. Um, it throws off a lot of a lot of cash as well. PSA, I invested in them years ago as well, um, but I only did it in a public uh, a public perspective, not not a, a private equity perspective. Uh, of course, you want to make sure that the amount of debt you take on uh, to lever up for this private equity investment, uh, the, the monthly cash flow from, from the rental units uh, for storage more than offsets that. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't have a lot of experience in that area. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I remember uh, a year or two ago, we had a conversation about you buying 30 vending machines and you did the work and you realized that it wasn't cost effective. So I would do a, a commensurate exercise with that, Eston, to the extent that you look at the cash inflows uh, every single month. Uh, from these public storage, uh, uh, you, you, uh, these, these, these storage facilities to see if it offsets and more than pays for, for the debt that you're, you're taking on. Uh, and be careful because in a recession, obviously, that's a very cyclical business storage. Yeah. Okay. And congrats again on, on your baby. I'm happy for you, buddy. And for your PS5, make sure you're playing Red Dead Redemption Part 2. It's the best. I'm replaying the whole thing again. It's so good. Yeah. All right. All right, next up, I have got, and if anybody has questions, please type type them now. Let's see here. Uh, Mr. Oh my God, Mr. Nitro, how are you, Dave? Dave, it's been, it's been years, brother. It's great to see you. Dave was actually uh, on my very first uh, webcast and he got me a present, which I still have here. All right, so Dave lives in, uh, in uh, just north of me here uh, and his wife, I think, is from Canada originally. Uh, and so he sent me a, a Tim Hortons mug 
uh, and also a coffee crisp. I remember that's very Canadian. And ketchup chips, very Canadian as, as well. So thank you, man. I still have this in my office. And I hope you're doing well, Dave. Yeah, Dave is, uh, I think you work in engineering uh, in the chemical industry, hence, hence the name uh, Mr. Ni Mr. Nitro. Great to see you. And he published a book, a children's book uh, called um, Yeep, I think, Y-E-E-P, uh, on Kindle. I remember that. I, yeah, very. it's great to see you, man. Great to see you. And I, and I hope you're doing well, brother. Hope you're doing well. All right. Uh, and so uh, Dave, who goes by Mr. Nitro458, uh, wrote, uh, hey, Chris, ho hope you and the family are doing well. Likewise. Great to see you. Uh, I'm able to pay off my house, but I don't know if I should or maybe buy a duplex or condo for investment. What are your thoughts? Yeah. So in the United States, it's different from most countries. I know you're based here in the United States because you can write off the interest on the mortgage of your primary house. Um, and so I don't advise paying off the debt in your house. And I know for people overseas, that sounds cray-cray. Um, people think debt is bad. But because in America, you can write off the interest uh, on your mortgage, it doesn't make sense to ever pay back your mortgage. It, it doesn't. I, I know it's a bizarre thing to say. And the problem with the United States is that because you can write off the interest on your house, on your mortgage, it led to massive overextension of credit in 2008. And that's why what happened in 2008 was a recession was much more severe here in America than it was in Canada, where you cannot write off the interest in your house. So I would not get rid of the mortgage in your first house. Yeah. And so for us, what we've done is I bought a bunch of buildings uh, as well, um, actually in Southern Ontario and Canada, uh, in London, Ontario. Um, and I rent them out to students. Yeah. So, but I still have the mortgage on this house here and I always will. I know it's counterintuitive to think that way. Yeah. Great to see you, man. Great to see you. In terms of your investment in a potential condo, and I'm always looking, um, uh, what I would do is use Zillow. Go to Zillow.com, Z-I-L-L-O-W.com. Um, and what you want to do is you want to look at the valuation of the properties around that area. Okay, make sure you're not overpaying. And you always want to buy uh, the crappiest house in the nicest neighborhood instead of buying the nicest house in the crappiest neighborhood. And when it comes to real estate, my grandfather, God bless you, I miss you, he used to say to me, Chrissy, the three most important things in real estate are location, location, location. All right, cool. We got 97 people here. We might, might break 100 today. This is awesome, man. Fun. Okay. Um, all right, next up, uh, Jacob wrote, uh, which industries do you think uh, will have the most business opportunities uh, in the next uh, 10 to 20 years? Yeah. Whenever I look at investments, I always ask myself a basic question, which is this. In five years, will this sector or this company or their product be more relevant or less relevant than it is today? And so do I think there's going to be more opportunity for storing stuff online and leveraging cloud service providers? Yes. So I think data centers are a great way to go. And Eston, you asked before about uh, storage companies, uh, meaning physical storage companies to invest in from a REIT perspective. I think a better investment than that, or maybe equally as good investment as that, might be investing in data centers. And if you want a good, a good comp, you can look at Equinix, uh, which is a publicly traded company. It's kind of like a REIT. Yeah. So I would say that uh, data centers are a great uh, investment. Um, aside from that, um, Clean tech longer term. Be careful with debt, though, because they overlever themselves, a lot of these, these, these solar-based companies. Um, but I would look at companies that, that feed into the supply chain for Tesla, for example. Look at components. Um, I'd also, I also think that the metaverse is going to be a great investment longer term. I think it's a little bit too much hype right now. Uh, 
but you want to look at companies that make products that help the supply chain. Uh, maybe chips of companies that, that make chips that, that go directly in these things. Or you can look at um, you can look at companies like Adobe ticker ADBE, uh, which makes a lot of the software products that create multimedia stuff for the metaverse uh, as well. Also look at NVIDIA as well. Um, and semiconductor stocks are very volatile. So if it gets crushed, take a look at it to invest because the founders still ran that company. And usually, usually I say don't invest in a company when the founders left. Yeah, so let me think of other secular growth stories uh, as, as well. Singapore. I'm very bullish on Singapore because what's happening is China, uh, since COVID started, has been moving more to the left, a little bit more communist. Uh, and so a lot of uh, uh, international companies, instead of making their, 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 you know, their, their Asian uh, uh, headquarters in Hong Kong, uh, they're choosing Singapore. Very business friendly. Yeah. Okay. And I and I think cloud computing too. Anything cloud based and AI based. Yeah, yeah. And Mark Andreessen um, and I had I had lunch yesterday with with Jason Chu, uh, one of my best friends. Uh, he he he's a great investor. He told me that Mark Andreessen from Andreessen Horowitz is now telling people to invest in companies uh, where the combination of revenue growth plus operating margins is at least forty percent. It's called the forty percent rule. Twenty percent revenue growth with at least 20% uh, operating uh, margins. Yeah, so 40. And Mark Andreessen also likes to invest uh, in five by fives. That means a company with a 500% return within five years. And that's on the VC side. And I've met Mark before and I've been on the same board of a company he's been on before as well. He's a brilliant man, yeah. And he was the inventor of the first commercially available uh, browser. Uh, ticker was uh, NSCP Netscape IPO in 2005 which was bought by AOL and then Microsoft now owns those, those the patents on it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that, that comment, uh, Esther. Okay. All right, I've got to Adiposi who wrote, hello, Chris, uh, glad to have spoken with you on Zoom yesterday. It was great to talk to you as well. Uh, Adiposi is from, uh, is from uh, Nigeria. Uh, and I'm looking forward to having you join as well in gold or platinum. Um, it was great, great to see you. And we have a lot of uh, students from all over the world. Uh, and one of my favorite students who I haven't spoken to in a while, I miss her. Uh, her name is, is Kemi. Uh, and she's from Nigeria originally. And I'll show you her LinkedIn profile here. And so Kemi Tade, she lives in Ottawa now. Uh, and she reinvented herself uh, in the MBA program. Here she is here. Uh, and so, um, so she, she lives in Ottawa uh, and she reinvented herself and she started using social media a lot. And what happened was Y Combinator, which is the most important uh, incubation firm on the planet. Uh, a lot of great companies, uh, feed it, uh, a lot of Sequoia-based companies come from Y Combinator. They actually hired her to um, give a presentation on how to raise capital for startups uh, in, in Africa. So you might want to check it out. Uh, Kemi, she's great. Um, I hope she's doing well. She has an adorable daughter uh, named uh, Ari as well. Yeah. Okay. And our alumni community is, is amazing. Yeah, we have over a thousand alumni from all over the world. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, next up, uh, uh, Satons, Mark from Detroit, uh, wrote, uh, the global, um, you mean one second, 
uh, the global infant formula market size will reach um, $110 billion uh, by 2026, according to uh, the Newswire. With the shortage coming, uh, should we apply uh, the business plan to take advantage uh, of the opportunity? Yeah, there was a, a company I invested in years ago called Mead Johnson. Ticker was MJN, I think. I don't know if they're still publicly traded. Um, regardless of if they're still publicly traded, you can get access to their historical financials. Um, so I, I would take a look at that one uh, if you want to understand. Because if you look at the annual report for Mead Johnson, uh, you'll understand uh, from a baby formula perspective what all the risks and drivers are of that industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I would, I would suppose you'd have to have a lot of patents as well, uh, copyrights, trademarks as well to enter that that industry. Um, I don't know how Gerber does it, but maybe look into that as well. Yeah. yeah. Or the best thing to do is actually go, go to the hospital uh, in the maternity ward um, if it's not busy and just ask people that work there um, what what formulas are best for for family or for, for babies, et cetera. I don't know any about that industry. Okay. All right. Um, next up, the Berlin wrote, Chris, uh, have you ever heard of, of, of Switch, which is a data center in Nevada? Uh, it, it's gone, it's slowly paying dividends and it's not gone down during this volatile times. I've not heard of them, I've not heard of them, but I would definitely roll up my sleeves and, and do do work on, on any REITs uh, that are exposed to data centers because I think that's an incredible growth opportunity longer term. Face, Facebook, uh, as well as Amazon, uh, as well as Microsoft and Google with Google Compute Engine, etc. They all will be running out of space soon. And the problem is they can't get enough components, right? But anyway, it's a growth market longer term. I would check it out. Yeah. And a good comp would be Equinix. And, and they have a facility out here I visited uh, years ago uh, when I was an equity investor in the company. All right, next up, we got uh, Yori. Hey, Yori, how are you? Uh, Yori wrote, uh, hi, Chris. Uh, glad to have discussed with you last week. Uh, you're so humble uh, and, and servant-minded. Thank you. I'm looking forward to starting the MBA program on June 1st. I would love to have you join us, and I'm looking forward to working with you and everybody that's joining the program. So again, um, the, the next MBA program, our fourth annual program, uh, starts uh, on June the 1st, um, and it's every Wednesday for one year. And what I'm also going to be doing is this. So anybody that joins this program as a gold or platinum student, you can learn more by going to HaroonMBA.com. Anybody that joins the program starting on June 1st, you get grandfathered in. This is the last time I'm ever doing this. So you're allowed to attend every future MBA class I have forever. And each year I'm going to have four MBA classes running on different days during the week. And with each MBA class, I have two hour, 200 hours of live Q&A after each lesson. So with four classes per year, that means 800 hours, that's right, of live Q&A. I love doing this. And so if you sign up for the June 1st one, you get grandfathered in. So you get 800 hours every single year forever for free. There's only a one-time payment to join the program and you get all my future courses and all the future content I add to the program every year, including stuff I'm adding soon on real estate. Uh, as, as well as on programming and much, much more. Uh, spots are limited for this, but if you're curious, you can go to um, haroonmba.com. Let, let me go there with you. Yeah, I hit the right pedal this time. Yeah, so you, you can go directly to um, haroonmba.com. And uh, you can scroll down to read uh, all the FAQs here if you want uh, down here. Um, yeah, here's all, all the FAQs here. There's a lot of videos about the program as well. 
Um, you can even book a one-on-one -on -one call with me over Zoom if you want to just click here to talk about gold uh, and, and platinum. I've got a bunch of slots available. Um, yeah. So anyway, check it out. Love to have you join again. Anybody that joins for June 1st uh, is grandfathered in, so you have access to every future class for free forever. It's it's a sweetheart deal, and there's a 30-day 100% money-back guarantee, so you got nothing to lose and everything to gain. And that 100% money-back guarantee lasts up until 30 days after we start. So we start on June 1st, and we finish on July 1st. Or pardon me, we start on June 1st, so the 30-day the the money-back guarantee finishes on July 1st. If you buy today, you get your money back through July 1st. That's probably an easier way to say it. Yeah, so, so check it out. Um, great, cool. All right, so I'm going to wrap up this call, um, and I've, I've got my, my silver MBA office hour starting at 10 today. If you're in my silver program, just go to the first lecture uh, to get the link uh, for the Zoom uh, for our meeting. Uh, if you're in gold or platinum, I'll see you during our two-hour office hours meeting today at 1120 uh, a.m., uh, and if you're in platinum, I'm looking forward to doing one-on-ones with you later on today. All right, guys, take care. Thank you. Uh, please click uh, like and the subscribe button if this was helpful, uh, and God bless y'all. I'll see you next week and every single week uh, at, at uh, 8 a.m. Uh, Pacific time. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to end this video. Uh, I'm going to end this week's with a video uh, that I licensed from the Silicon Valley Historical Association to Steve Jobs' uh, interview that usually motivates a lot of people, myself included. Take care. Thank you. And God bless. When you grow up, you tend to get told that the world is the way it is and you're your life is just to live your life inside the world, try not to bash into the walls too much, uh, uh, try to have a nice family life, uh, have fun, save a little money. Um, but life, that's a very limited life. Life can be much broader once you discover one simple fact, and that is everything around you that you call life was made up by people that were no smarter than you. And you can change it, you can influence it, you can you can build your own things that other people can use. And the minute that you understand that you can poke life and actually something will, you know, if you push in, something will pop out the other side, that you can, you can change it, you can mold it, um, that's maybe the most important thing, is to shake off this, uh, th this uh, erroneous notion that life is, is there and you're just going to live in it, versus embrace it, change it, improve it, make your mark upon it. Um, I, I think that's very important. And however you learn that, once you learn it, uh, you'll want to change life and make it better because it's kind of messed up in a lot of ways. Um, once you learn that, you'll never be the same again. Well, that ends this week's podcast. I want to thank you very much for your time. If you want to download my latest book for free, or get access to coupons on my courses or learn more about my MBA degree program and much more, please visit haroonventures.com. Again, that's haroonventures.com. Thanks again for listening in.